down. Speeding. Camera rolling. Scene 7, take 303. Mark. Hey guys, this week we are doing video for the first time. If you like it, please let us know. But we're going to roll with it. And hopefully it works. Otherwise, you're just getting the audio and this is a really bad intro. Welcome to Take 303, the podcast with the guy who knows everything about movies and his friend. Today we're talking film and television. We also have a very special guest today, my friend for many years, Chase Bryant. Chase, welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Okay, Chase, so if you could just do that one more time, pretend like you're not taking a shit. <laughs> like, there's nobody here, Chase. How you doing? I'm oh, great. How are you doing? Great. You guys have been friends for years. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, Chase, why don't, yeah, how do we know each other? We know each other from uh, youth group at a church. Days at the church. Chase and I were young lads. Uh, we, spent, we saw each other, I would say, for four or five years every Tuesday night for a few hours. Yeah. Yeah. So, Chase, the reason we have you on the podcast today, and we'll do a little quick interview of you, all right? Uh, you served in the military. Yes, that's correct. And today we're doing two military movies. Yes, Nick? Correct. Okay, good. I watched the right stuff. So, um, why don't you tell us about yourself? What's your background in the military world? Well, I was uh, Army National Guard. I was uh, on my MOS. My job in the military was 11 Bravo infantryman. And uh, I did that for six years. That was uh, fun. So, <laughs> it was just a lot of uh, tactical training outside, always outside, especially when it was raining. It was mm -hmm. great. Uh, we just learned a lot of combatives, you know, clearing houses, a lot of forest stuff. The only forest I've cleared is in, like, Nazi zombies, Nick. Any other experience? Uh, about the same. I think we were right in the same place in 2007. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Modern Warfare. So, you spent six years? Yes. We would go to Fort Drum, which is upstate. We would go to Fort Dix, which is in Jersey, and sometimes, if you're lucky enough, we'd go to either Australia or Puerto Rico okay. for a training event, about 30 plus days. Okay. So, have you ever seen any live combat or been involved in? No. Okay. Then listen, listen, I didn't I didn't want any PTSD on this show. No offense to my military no, I was, guys. I was making sure of that, too. I was. Yeah. Like, if you just had a moment right here, be honest, we're not prepared. You see the studio, okay? The thousand yards there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, what would you say to anybody if about joining the National Guard or something like that? Uh, if you want to join the, um, the military, go definitely don't join Army, but uh, go Air Force or Navy, do something smart that you can take back into the civilian world. What kind of movies are you watching? Well, right now I'm very into comedy movies, of course. Uh, I like comedy and action. We have you here today to talk about two war movies yes. uh, with your background. Uh, do you have... We, we, we're on Letterboxd. If you had to, what would be your... And this is to everybody in the room okay. top four war movies okay so from four okay um what is that platoon platoon jarhead uh saving private ryan and what's the last one actually i really did like covenant Oh, did you? Yeah, really You can did. put us in one. Oh, yeah. that you can put I mean, it in there. Jake is a bro. This is going to be a very bro like yeah. episode, I have a feeling. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen. So. All right, uh, JP. Okay, this is a tough one because a lot of them I think are recent, but 1917, Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, Hacksaw Ridge is very good. I like it a lot. Okay, I'm going to go. I am actually going to put The Covenant up there because I just think it's that good. And then Saving Pride Ryan is probably my favorite. I watched probably that one the most on repeat. And if I secretly had to put a number five, All Quiet on the Western Front 
original or remake i think are both very good all right and then for me i was leaning uh dunkirk dunkirk dang it that's a good one um saving prior ryan okay i think that was the same for all of us mm-hmm. uh platoon and apocalypse now i don't think i've ever seen platoon i watched it a very long time ago i just i watched it with a few army buddies it was good but i, I definitely need to rewatch it it's really good and you would get a lot more out of tropic thunder from uh chase <laughs> <laughs> your face just like yeah you never think like comedy war films yeah, yeah. i mean there's very few because like you know well that being said all right the covenant is directed by guy ritchie and it stars jake gyllenhaal and dar salim guy ritchie's the covenant takes place after 9 11 where the united states has entered into afghanistan during the afghanistan wars and it shows the tale of jake gyllenhaal's character and dar salim Jake Gyllenhaal is a military officer who tries to hunt down terrorists where they're playing, uh, where they're making bombs, and he needs an interpreter. The United States government has made deals with the interpreters that they will be given residency when they come back home if they serve uh, the U.S. government for some years. He develops a relationship with his interpreter, and over the course of the movie, lots of things happen. I almost don't want to say too much, but Jake and Dar have to work together to help each other get out of a very bad situation. However, when Ahmed is finally promised to come back home, it is delayed and stalled, so John goes back to rescue his buddy Ahmed, who saved him in a pretty dire circumstance. And that's the movie. And I say buddy there, but they're at, I actually argue that they're not even friends. For the first half, yes. And I think spiritually towards the end, they're, they're somewhat like brothers. Yeah. So uh, initial thoughts? Good things? Things we liked about the movie? Well, I love Guy Ritchie. And as of late, he's been on a roll between the gentleman wrath of man operation fortune he's been killing it it's very different from his early stuff i don't know if either of you have seen like uh snatch and lock stock and smoking barrels i've seen snatch that's about it Do you, have you seen ever seen snatch no not movie. it's about a <laughs> Dick, i don't know what you do with that but i hope that that's left in um so snatch the movie <laughs> so snatch yeah it's um to it's like a gambling heist film. It's a gangster of. film. Gangster film. Um, think Ocean's Eleven, but if like the camera work was like crazy. Really? Yeah. Very like, fast. Guy Ritchie's movies are always fast. Like The Covenant was pretty slow in yeah, comparison. Like I that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. he he has switched up his style so much. He also made um the Sherlock Holmes movies. Oh yeah. Yeah. Robert Downey Man, Jr. Man from Uncle. He's using his right hook. I, recently just coming off cocaine, have seen right yeah, hooks before. So, so think of the style of those action scenes and apply that to a gangster film. And that's what he used to make. Yeah. And then he just came out of nowhere and now he's making like serious movies. And it's an excellent film if you're listening to this right now. I would actually say pause, go watch it, come back, then listen to this. Because this film, I think, is excellent. Especially the first half of this movie. I actually think it's perfect. But I thought it was really good. Like I said, I love Jake Gyllenhaal. And mm-hmm. I like a lot of war movies. And I like... I like I like how it portrayed Afghanistan. I know it wasn't like a crazy, crazy film, but I just, I like action. I like violence, you know, believe it or not. So you've obviously worked with weapons before. Yes. You know how to shoot a gun. Yes. How accurate is like the gunplay and the weapon stuff in this movie? It all depends if it's sighted correctly, but you're talking about different weapon systems. So I started on an M4, mm-hmm. you know, and then I was a machine gunner for five and a half years, which is really fun. Okay. So we get the red lightning. That's what we say. So like, I guess what I'm saying is, did you see any 
like things they did with weapons that were like totally inaccurate or even tactics yeah tactics or stuff like that nothing nothing caught my eye where i was like hey that's yeah that's not real you know everything was pretty pretty spot on okay nothing that i can make fun of or anything so they did a good job with that so the interaction between military people do you think that's like is there like a common trope or like some energy personality that that's how military people talk to each other is did you see that a lot in this movie is like, it accurate? Absolutely. It's it's if we don't make fun of you, insult you, we're not your friends. So what was your favorite scene in the movie? I think my favorite scene in the movie is just that whole drag him out of the desert, like that whole shot, that whole sequence, trying to get Jake out, John, I guess, out. I mean, it's wild. The entire movie was tense, like every single scene, and that's a major difference between the other movie that we picked, where. We weren't really tense stuff. We yeah, we could like you know knock out potentially, but um, yeah. I think every single scene was just so intense that I feel like there's so many great scenes in the movie. But for me, it was a mix of comedy and suspense at the same time. Unnecessary comedy where he's just on the phone with like the I guess the military customer service essentially. Oh and, yeah, and yeah, it really just plays out exactly how every phone call <laughs> is. It really yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> I could see that landing on TikTok in the future and it, oh, yeah. like subtitles being like when you're on with customer service and they put you on hold <laughs> one more time. <laughs> the Covenant, you mentioned that it's it was very realistic yeah. in certain aspects. And I felt like it was very grounded. It wasn't trying to tell like a story based on true events. It was telling a story that is based in and around events. So it was post 9-11. It has like all the subtitles about like... Um, how many people were deployed and also how many people were used as interpreters. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed the, f the fact that it wasn't based on a true story, that we weren't getting a biopic, that this wasn't like American Sniper. Yeah. I, I do like movies about like real people, real things, but sometimes it's nice to just have a concept or an idea based around real stuff. It was also something that I didn't even know happened. Like I knew there was a lot of people deployed. I had no idea about the situation with the interpreters. Yeah. A lot of people don't. I didn't know that until I, you know, I joined and I talked to my, you know, my chain of command, and they told me some outrageous stories about like interpreters. A lot of them are still friends to this day. They brought them back. One of the lines that really got me: the difference between an interpreter and a translator. Oh yeah, so you see, it's the line where they they have the guy against the wall, and he's talking to him, and he says, "You need to give him more money, otherwise he's not." He goes, "Uh." You're the interpreter. I say what goes. He goes, no, translating is telling you exactly what he says. Interpreting is telling you what he actually wants and stuff, which is very true. And that's why I think this movie sets its part, sets itself apart from other films that have to do with war because it's focused on that idea instead of showing you a big action set piece, which it still does. Who do you feel like is the hero in this movie? What do you mean like the hero? Who are you, who's your favorite character? Who are you rooting for in this movie? Because I actually like Ahmed better than Jake. I mean, okay, so everyone's going to think I'm going to say Drake. Yeah. Because you know, I agree, yeah. But I mean, I don't know. They kind of just portray him a little better. Uh, Jake, for the most part in the beginning, comes off like a dick. Oh, cool, yeah. yeah, I didn't yeah. like him. And he's made to be unlikable because the whole idea is that like he's supposed to go on this journey and that's supposed to change him. But if anything, he gets more dickish along <laughs> the way. <laughs> and... He just—he definitely has a set of morals, yeah. and he's valuing the the promise that the government made to these people, mm -hmm. and he's relating to him on a father level. But 
the Hollywood, I think the traditional Hollywood way of going about it would have been like having him be like an asshole at the beginning of the movie and then have like this whole epiphany, kind of like a Jerry Maguire situation. Yeah. And then he would be like a completely changed man by the end. But I don't think he is a changed man. I think he's the exact same person that he came into this movie as. And that's the reason why you feel like Ahmed is the probably the protagonist or the main character yeah he's the guy i'm I'm rooting for and i and jake's character john is redeemable because he commits to the promise like whether you like him or not as a person he he went back because he owes him right that whole that whole scene where he goes in and demands like i'm no i need to go back there i saved your life you know that bond that debt i have to pay it back so then finally i say what do you think hollywood movies do typically in um, military movies that they didn't do here necessarily, besides just like the typical army guys. Anything else in particular? Specifics? Yeah, like, sure. When they go to like shoot and stuff, there's like, there's a lot of communication when you're in war. You know what I mean? You're not mm-hmm. going to just like get up and start shooting something. You got to have to communicate. You know, you're, you got to tell them like the enemy, you know, like, and tell them where the enemy is, who they, how many people there are, you know, you know it's, it's a lot of specifics, obviously in a movie that like, screw it, just shoot. Um, do you think this would be award season worthy oh absolutely 100 percent. just for cinematography like I, again i'm talking about this mountain scene the chase that whole chase the chase the chase it's excellent this movie i don't care if it doesn't win something i'm rioting i've never watched the oscars yeah. once in my life i'm watching it this year for the covenant boycotting it one time yeah <laughs> what other movie do you think would be you know on top with it Look at that. Look, look, look at this guy with a question, huh? Did I say something? <laughs> no, that was the right question. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, no, that was really good. Yeah. <laughs> so it is early, and um, typically a lot of the awards season movies, the Oscars and the Golden Globes, they come out October, November, December. So it's very early to tell if anything is award season worthy. And this early, it just it scares me that this came out now and that people might forget about it. By the time awards happen, I'm not forgetting about it. I think I think it's winning. It's winning something. Overall thoughts, highlights of the film, and then the rating. But uh, Chase, if you remember, we don't do halves in the I studio. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So it's, it makes it tough, but yeah. I'm so glad you got me. That is probably the most important thing on this show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't like halves either. It's like just pick one. Like, exactly. That, exactly. That's, that's our point. Don't, don't be a pussy at. about it. Like, yeah. yeah. All right. So, JP? Uh, Dar Salim is a standout. Ahmed, perfect. I've never cared more about two characters. It really is a story about two characters, their ideals, and who they are as people. And it happens to be set in a war. It's fantastic. The landscape is beautiful. This movie is tense throughout, like it's already been said. This movie is worth your time, and I think if you do not watch this movie this year, you are missing out. Five out of five, go watch this movie. Chase? I don't know how I can, I can talk to it. Very easily. Yes. I, I mean, it was very, it was action-filled. It was, you know, a little romance, I would say. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a typical Hollywood movie. You know, like, it was, it was different. It was a different, like, feeling about it. It wasn't just, you know, go kill, come back. You know, there was, there was substance, if you would say. And yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, we're all going to be a bunch of basic bitches right now. Yeah. Um, mine is also five out of five. It is just super tense, super tight. Those cars are going to make for That's great the basic audience. basic bitch sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all agree it's a five out of five. All the guys outside, they, they said five out of five too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like I, I really love this movie. I enjoyed it. I think the performances are really great. There's a little writing issues here and there. 
but I can overlook them because it was just overall just a great film. I've never been more tensed up. I do agree with you, Chase, that like it wasn't your typical Hollywood war movie. Dar Salim, uh, Oscar nomination worthy. All right. So this is a good time for a commercial break. Take 303 is sponsored and powered by Fort Way Media. If you need a videographer or photographer for your next event, then Fort Way Media is the right choice for you. You can find them at fortwaymedia.com. Take a look at all of their different services. They do events like weddings, bridal showers. They can make you a film. They can make you an advertisement. Local business looking to grow. Social media managers. Fort Way Media does it all. And what they do is give it the Fort Way touch, which makes everyday life into a cinematic experience. Go check out fortwaymedia.com today and book your next event. All right, so we're back. And we paired The Covenant with All Quiet on the Western Front, the latest rendition of it that just came out last year. So All Quiet on the Western Front is directed by Edward Berger and stars a bunch of German guys who I'm not going to even attempt to pronounce. The only one that I know is Daniel Brühl. Wait, where's... What, starring Felix Kramer, Albrecht Such, and Daniel Brühl. <laughs> Much better than mine. Yeah. What is All Quiet on the Western Front about? All Quiet on the Western Front is a two-and-a-half-hour-long movie of people dying and bombs going off. That's it. That's... No. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front... It's not Front. very quiet. What? It wasn't a quiet movie. It wasn't movie. quiet, really. Like, maybe for ten seconds. All Quiet on the Western Front is a movie about a young German student boy, about 18 years old, who signs up to go to war after being inspired from the propaganda and from the people around him. As he goes, we follow him on his story as he survives and tries to battle through World War One, where he loses friends along the way. And I don't think I really have to say anything else because that's really the premise. We're just following a guy through World War One. Uh, I, yeah. But I think what's different about this movie for a lot of people, it follows from the German side of the war. Yeah, and that was one of the big takeaways for me is that I went into this movie without knowing a single thing about it. I had never seen the original. Yeah. Can I say I've wa- I've seen like a black and white movie and you... I've never seen the original either. No, the, the thing is, it's a running gag between me and JP where if he names a movie, I probably have seen it. So he's been looking for a long time to find a movie that I haven't seen that he has. Today's the day. Um, but yeah, so I have not seen the original. So I don't have anything to compare it to. And I don't think I've seen a war film where it played from... Uh, basically the enemy side yeah and it's funny you say the enemy side or the yeah the evil side of a war the bad guy of a war but really paul himself and what i love about this movie they did with the original too is paul himself is not the bad guy here right he's just a kid who believes in this war it's been sold to this war and he joins up and obviously he finds out really quick that's not what it's all about and chase i don't want to get too deep unless you want to so they go into this and they're expecting one thing of what the war is going to be like and it's not what it's going to be like. Now, granted, you have... Totally different view. Right. Is that true for, like, the military? Like, you think it's going to be one thing? And no matter how many people tell you until you get there? Yeah, so basically, it's... We have a thing is, I don't believe it until I'm a month in already. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, a lot of... Like, you can tell us one thing, and it's completely opposite. That it happens all the time. You know, like, we don't believe it until, like, we're there. You know? So, if gotcha. we're going here, it's going to change three different times. And you're going to be somewhere else. And they're also kind of like the pawns in this, yeah. Because the whole one of one of the major themes of the movie is that you have that German high command, you have all these uh, commanding officers in the French uh, French side also, and they're the ones that are moving all these pieces. And you know, uh, Daniel Brühl is one of the people that's like, oh yeah, these are like living people that we're playing with, like 
people are dying every single day. Every hour that this war is going on, people are dying. They have real, you know, names behind these tags. Um, I love the opening scene where you have like this completely random uh, soldier on the battlefield and you think it's our main character and it's not because they die. Yeah. And then their uniform amongst all the other uniforms of the, the army uh, get transferred uh, through the system. They're washed. They're clean. They they sew them back together. They pop off as many name tags as they possibly can. And then they're delivered to the next set of soldiers. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, really powerful opening scene. And I think the really a lot of the beginning of this movie sets the scene really well. Really like it a lot. Uh, but Chase... Uh, this is for the viewers. Uh, did you make it to the end of the movie? I had a very long day and I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Around where did you fall asleep? When all his friends start dying? Or... <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I don't really know. It was like I was half awake, half asleep. I'd wake up, I'd wake up if I heard something, and then that, that, I woke up like two. So it was like you were in the trench and you were just yeah. like being woken up by artillery. Yeah, I, was, I felt like I was... You took the VR route. Sick. Yeah. Nice, dude. I, like, I could definitely sleep through that. It's funny that we were talking earlier about what our typical Hollywood war film is. And these two movies in general got me thinking of it because I think there's only two kinds. Mm-hmm. There's the propaganda film and there's the anti-war film. Mm-hmm. And... The Covenant, I feel, is neither of those things. Correct. It Because if you take away the war aspect, you can still technically make it any kind of movie. It could have been two cops. It could have been literally anybody. All Quiet on the Western Front is an anti-war film. Yeah. And what JP is saying is that early in those, in those times, the films that were coming out that were war-related were all propaganda. They were trying to get those kids to enlist. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you don't see a lot of propaganda films nowadays, but you do see subtle shifts. Like if you noticed in uh, current war movies, yeah. they changed the races of a lot of the uh, the terrorists or the, the enemy soldiers. Uh, at one point, uh, post 9-11, everybody, you know, had like a Middle Eastern accent. And then as we got on in our 2010s, they started changing to Chinese. Oh, I was going to say Russian. And like now, now they're Russian. Russian. Yeah. Like, how hard do you think propaganda is right now for military and all that stuff? Like, so do you I think they're pushing like it's, it? It's subtle, but it's it's social media. Yeah. Like, they, they do it subtly. Yeah. Subtle, yeah, subtle. I think they do a lot with video games now. I think that's, like, the major source of propaganda. Do you feel like that affects people? I mean, I'm not a big video game guy, but I could see, like, all these in the Modern Warfare, Call of Duties. Yeah, 100%. You know, they get people excited. Like, this is it. Not at all. I like so you. Wait, before I I crapped on Chase, uh, Nick, did you also fall asleep in this movie? Yeah, not side by side with Chase, but uh, <laughs> around the thirty minute mark. Yeah, I don't even have an excuse for this one because it was in the in the middle of the day. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> just my two o'clock grandpa now. Yeah, outside of the war aspects, and this is part of the reason why I'll give my rating later mm-hmm. on. Um, outside of the war aspects, I think it dragged a little bit with the the high command scenes. And I felt like I was back in, like, watching, like, The Phantom Menace. And, like, we're listening to, like, the, the delegations between the Republic and everything. It just seemed like things that we didn't really need. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because I researched yeah. it after I watched the movie, that those kinds of scenes weren't in the originals. They are not. See, what I think this movie is trying to do is trying to show the disconnect between those in charge and those on the ground. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's, like, the big... It's an anti-war film, but even more so, it's trying to, like shame in a way 
those who are in high command who like make all these big decisions that have such big impacts on the everyday people and like the stories that they'll never know because how many times like we need to sign this treaty and then every scene it's just like things are getting worse and worse like your people are gonna die i felt like i've seen this movie also before Mm -hmm. where and i've also seen better versions of it you mentioned it before hacksaw ridge i think that was a, a, a superior film i also think 1917 there's so many shots in this film that look like they were pulled from 1917 so i feel like if 1917 didn't come out if hacksaw ridge didn't come out i would have liked this movie a little bit more i just feel it was very derivative of a lot of recent war films that we've had war film i feel like war films have to do something different in order to stand apart and i feel like that's why we like the covenant so much because we didn't have a war film like that we were actually discussing uh zombie movies at one point i'm gonna make a crazy analogy sure where zombie movies i feel are very in touch with war films in the fact that you have to do something different in order to not be like all the others otherwise you just get a bunch of copycats that are all doing the same thing and you really don't care about it i think it's really because we're gonna sound like a bunch of a-holes like "Ah, i just can't relate and it's true is because we've never been yeah never been right and so I almost say I can't relate, and I mean that with like respect. Like I'll never be able to relate to all these wars that have been fought over the years. We live in a very comfortable time, comf- comfortable era. So it's really tough. But being lost, Chase. When did you join military? Twenty seventeen. How old are you? Twenty seven. Okay. Those war scenes were intense. Yeah. I'll give it credit for that. I think it was nominated for like thirteen Academy Awards, oh my but gosh. it won four of them. Yeah, it really? won for best international feature. Okay. Uh, score. Okay. cinematography and production design and i feel like production design is where that special effects comes in i would hope so um i think the special effects were incredible yeah i think there were so many scenes where my mouth dropped because i it really looked like somebody blew up like those explosions were very close to those people i'm just like it it really immersed me into the idea that yeah this is happening right now mm-hmm. and i think that deserves credit i think the the music was really well well done yes uh, I'm possibly music yeah. but maybe not like the foghorn i was actually gonna ask did we like the foghorn do you remember the foghorn i'm gonna play the foghorn for you chase hold on is Let's this see it? If I remember my dreams. hold on is this it is that the, uh, so i never noticed uh the horn for uh sabbath i noticed it not even two years ago oh you I just started noticing, noticing it? i just saw it like, there's a big Hasidic Jewish population in New York. I mean, there's a big Jewish population in New York, period, but Hasidic Jews in particular. Um, Nick, you kind of, like, live on the edge of one. We li- yeah, I'm right near Borough Park. So the only reason I bring that up is, yeah, there's a horn, and um, if you read, if you know anything about Jewish culture, their their faith, when the horn blows, it's calling everybody to the Sabbath. So that gets called. That's what I'm saying. So I just started noticing it probably post-college, and I don't know if you remember, but The Purge came out post-college oh yeah and when it, <laughs> oh no i was like wait is that is it a test just is a it, bunch of is it jews running around for the purge well, <laughs> hey, i would sacrifice someone just to see that happen <laughs> it sounds almost identical to the one in the purge it really does. When I first is it really yeah <laughs> not bad you're good save that as a sound bite buddy appreciate you uh, things that wowed me outside of uh, special sure. effects were the score and the cinematography. It really did look like 1917, but again, that's where I feel like I've seen it already. What were some highlights for you? I think the relationship between Kat and Paul was really good. They explored it a little bit more. And I think what I love it, uh, what I like about this movie a lot, 
is just the dread. So if you've seen the original, right? And I think I'm coming from a different place, but if you watch the original, it's very over the top, melodramatic. That's something what people like harp on it for. It's like too like overacting. So to see it see this movie done and see it be done in a more serious way, not over the top. You I know where the movie's going and I still like come on, just like give this guy a bone, toss him a bone, it'll and like and from the little bit that you've seen, Chase, <laughs> Chase, uh, yeah, what were you... the highlights for you? Oh, the highlights when I woke up really well rested. <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite part was the beginning because it was like a punch in the face. It's kind of like, um, what was that movie? I just said it before. Like the beginning is like D-Day. Uh, Saving Prime Ryan. Yeah, yeah, like that. That's like a punch in the face. Like bombs going off. It was similar. Just like a in your face. Like, oh, okay, this, oh, this is happening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about we paint a picture of what the ending is, sure. and then you can react to that. Yeah, yeah that, that might make good. sense. Yeah, that actually, might be good. The movie ends like this: <laughs> cease fire, cease fire. It's eleven o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. what are you thinking about this ending? That's pretty. That's that's pretty sick ending. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the part where um, Paul is collecting dog tags at all? Did you get up to that? Uh, it's after their bunker gets shelled, and he's been under there for a while. But he goes, he starts collecting dog tags. The kid who he helps at the end of the movie, at this point, Paul's like super disheartened. He's no longer a person anymore, a shell of himself. Mm-hmm. The kid also starts picking up dog tags, so doing the same. Yeah, it's a cycle, exactly. Oh, uh, it won a lot of awards for a lot of different reasons. I think sometimes when a movie is serious and does serious well, it automatically people just make it a great movie. Well, there's also yeah. Oscar bait. So if you do yeah. like certain kinds of movies, a lot of war movies end up getting nominated. I just want to say, yeah, cinematography I think is great. I think they depict everything well. The, all the shots, all the things that you've mentioned. The one thing I will say is it takes time for the characters, I think, to grow on you a little bit. But as far like, if you, as an anti-war film and to talk about like all the metaphors, all the things you can get out of what war is like, I think this movie does an excellent job of that. It really makes you hate war, dread it. Excellent anti-war film. I'm going to give it, I think I'm going to give it four out of five. I don't think I could put you know, a number on it because I didn't, you know, finish the movie. So I definitely have to get back to you on that one. Yeah, text me because then the next time we record, if you finish it, yeah, yeah give me a heads up and I'll... I definitely want to, though. Definitely. But you like the first 30 minutes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> first 30 minutes out of five? Huh? Yeah, five out of five. There we go. <laughs> Perfect movie. Good. All right. Yeah. And then for me, I feel like it was a little derivative. I feel like it was a little bit too long. I felt like things could have been taken out of it. I think overall it did an amazing job with cinematography, the special effects, the production design, the sound design. It was just so good in that aspect. I feel like other war films did it better, so I'm going to give it, because we don't do halves, it would have been a four, but I'm going to give it a three. I think that's fair. How many people have fought for wars for us, for us to be in this room right now recording what we're doing? Like Even Chase. Like It's not like you knew Chase today, or even other people who've done even crazier war, Harry... That disconnect. There's something about the military and the regular civilian that there is this disconnect. Maybe you can speak to it more, Chase, off. But yeah. But I feel like there is a disconnect. And I think this movie highlighted for me. Like, I feel disconnected from our military. But. Well, you say disconnect and, and people have fought in like other yeah. wars and, and things that we can never really understand. Yeah. Uh, in between all of us right now is a plaque uh, from Ooh. one of my uh, cousins who fought in the Korean War. And this is outside of all the camera uh, shots right now. Which, which but it it has all of his medals yeah. and his uh, his dog tags and everything on there. Yeah, and if you country. if you notice, uh, Purple Heart. Right yeah, there. I was gonna say which one's the Purple Heart? <laughs> it's the it's literally an actual Purple Heart. <laughs> yeah, 
he's a yeah, he's a staff sergeant. That's one rank above me. And he was infantry. That's the CIB. It's combat combat infantry badge, meaning he he got shot at, and they said return fire, basically. So he he saw combat. Yeah. So there's things that we definitely don't know, and. Um, he got the purple heart from being, uh, I don't know if this is true, but it's what he told me when I was a kid and there's no real way for me to confirm it, <laughs> yeah. but he said he was shot in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Chase, so that's staff sergeant, that little symbol. Yeah, and so what were you? I'm sergeant. Oh, Sergeant yeah, Chase that. Bryant. Yes. Well, I think with that, Hey, Chase, uh, as a friend, thank you. Really appreciate you being on the podcast, but also thank you for your service, for your service and all the other military guys out there. Thank you for your support. Not a problem. And so Sergeant Chase Bryant, everybody. I'll give you a little more right there, huh? Thanks for listening. Let us know what you thought. Our poll question for the week is, did you fall asleep during All Quiet on the Western Front? Your options are yes, no, and only Chase. This week's question of the week, which you can answer on Spotify, the app itself. Leave a reply. We'd love to read them. The question is, what is your favorite war film? Tell us about it. We love reading them. We love responding to you. Don't forget you can help support the podcast by subscribing to Take 303 on patreon.com slash take303. If you're one of our first 100 subscribers, we are going to give you a discount when our merch comes out. We're going to let you know what that is, maybe a buy one, get one deal. As I am recording this, we just got our Take 303 stickers, which you will be able to get if you are a subscriber on patreon.com. Check that out right there. Not only will you get the uh, buy one, get one, we'll also be sending you one of these as a supporter. If you want a bunch of them, you could also order them off our website. Next week's episode will be the 10th installment for the Fast and Furious franchise, Fast X, and paired with it will be Ryan Gosling's 2011 Drive. See you next week. Bye-bye.